Hi, thanks for joining us for this message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. We pray that you are blessed by it. If you'd like to know more about Red Church and its ministries, or if you'd like to support us financially, you can find out more by heading to redchurch.org.au. Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year, everyone. I know Liddy said it twice, but I'm going to say it a third time. It's really nice to see everybody. It's actually really nice. And I hope you all had a good New Year. Either you were being really idle after a season of busyness or the inverse, you got a bit going after a season of idleness. Either way, or somewhere in between, I hope it was restful. I hope it was engaging. I did very little and I loved it. So, and now it's time. I'm getting you when you start to feel like, oh, I actually want to do something. That's when you know you've had a good break and I'm getting restless. So it's nice to be up here talking to you. Now, it's 2023. I've actually written 2023 a couple times already. It's weird. I haven't written 2022 yet, but I know I will at some point. And it's that classic time where you set goals. What am I going to do this year? What do I want to achieve this year? What am I going to find this year? It's those classic New Year's questions. You know, I'm going to get to the gym. I'm going to get to art class. I'm going to... I don't know, whatever, whatever is in that head of yours, that's what you're going to do. I was personally in the gym this, this last week or two, thinking about this year and what I want to do. And this scripture I could not get out of my head from Matthew for this year is that when Jesus says to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me pretty well-known scripture. It is very much summing up what it is to be a disciple of Jesus. And so often when we focus on this scripture, as I was focusing on it, I feel that the the second two, taking up our cross and following Christ, is something that we talk about a lot. You know, we take up our cross and we follow him and we fix our eyes on him. But as we read it, we see that the first thing that Jesus says to his disciples is that they must deny themselves. So this morning, I'd like to zero in on that particular phrase, to deny themselves, and what that means. And in light of that, a question that I actually found myself asking, what am I going to do in 2023, came into, what am I going to say no to? in 2023. Now, this sounds a bit strange. It's a bit bit of a weird thing to say in this world. I think in Western human society, we don't like this word, even though I probably have parents of toddlers here going, oh, I don't know, there's some people who do like that word. But it's not something that we like to say. It's not in our common vocabulary. We're so used to saying yes to everything. We're, we're endeavored and encouraged to say yes to everything to do anything, to be anything. Just say yes to it all. But as we delve deeper today, we'll find out there can be ways of clarity through saying no. And there are also forms of liberation in our own lives by using this word no in light of this scripture. Now, it goes without saying that we set goals the things that we like to do, the natural will actually be things that we deny ourselves. As we said, if we want to hit the gym or get in shape, we'll have to say no to some things. 
if we want to learn how to ride a new unicycle, might have to say no to a bicycle. It's a natural part, but it's something that we don't often consider as an active thing to do. It's as a consequence of saying yes, but sometimes we actually forget to say no because we're too busy saying yes. So, for a Christian striving to follow Jesus by denying ourselves, what can say no look like in this coming year? So I'd like to share some ways and some actions that we can take. These might apply to you. Some of them may not. It doesn't matter. I'd like, hopefully this encourages you in ways that we can actually say no and deny ourselves. Now, an obvious one off the bat, this isn't a lecture, but one thing we can say no to is patterns of sin in our lives. Now, like I said, I'm not here to tell you what not to do. Uh, This isn't a legalism chat. I don't need to do that. The word does it pretty well when Paul says in Romans that we are either a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness. I don't really need to add to that. This is something that we all deal with, and we're not alone, despite the script in our heads that tell us that we are alone in these things. And thankfully, we actually do, through Christ, have the opportunity to say no. And the primary way we say no is by means of repentance. Now, that word translated means to go the opposite way, to stop and turn around. So it's literally going, no, going the opposite way. Simple as that. And the writer of Hebrews gives us this encouragement in regards to saying no. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. I love, one of the things I love about this passage is the pluralistic nature and language of it. It's like, let us do this. Let us throw off. Let us run. It's like we're being cheered on by the writer of Hebrews. Like, you've got this. You can do it. We can do this together. Maybe a better way of of saying no to to sin in our lives is more of like a, a no more or enough. I've had enough of this. So I encourage you, whatever these things in your life, it's hard to let them go. I know a lot of the stuff in my life is I hold on to as a comfort, but I encourage you to to actively say no to repent, as a passage says, to run, orientated to Jesus, who told us earlier in Matthew to follow him. So we can do this when we drop those patterns in our lives, the comforts, the fears, and then we're able to pick up the cross and follow him, emptying our hands, free to pick up and follow But as we say no to these patterns and embrace more righteous ones, and I almost tripped over myself, we gain some perspective on why sin can easily entangle, as Hebrew says. We're not just dealing with the influence of our own nature that lives inside us, our own doubts and fears and insecurities. There's a whole wide world of opinions out there that we can say yes to. Therefore, another thing that we can say no to this year as disciples of Christ cultural myths that just pervade us, surround us, live around us. And New Year's is a fertile soil for those cultural myths. 
because you can go on that holiday whilst you build your dream home and you meet the love of your life, get in peak shake, find yourself the best meal in town, and you don't have to sacrifice a thing because you deserve it. And guess what? It's only two calories. Although I will say that we are getting the summer we deserve right now. Let's just say that. After a pretty, pretty uh, ruddy December of weather. Now, but I'm giving you permission to say no to living your best life. You can get off that ride because it's so tiring. It takes a concerted effort in a culture that drives you to entitlement, to striving, to hustling, to grinding, to comfort, to idleness. When Netflix innocently inquires, are you still there? No, I'm not. But when we buy into the cultural beliefs and norms that we can be anything and do anything, we're defined by them. We, they can insidiously take their place as idols. And then we understand why it's so easy to get entangled because of the things that we just take for granted are normal in this world. And even the scarier is that it's not just secular myths. There's some cultural Christian myths that we can say yes to or no to. Hearing things that well, Christian life shouldn't be boring. God is here to alleviate my suffering and anxiety and stress. Church has to entertain me and serve me. So this is when no begins to get a little bit liberating. You can begin to distance yourself, to make some space. As I said before, denying yourself becomes the action where you empty your hands of those things so you can pick up your cross and following him. So I encourage you to take that time for some self-examination this year. You might have a bit more time before you're at work, or you might not, but I encourage you to carve some time out to ask yourself some of these hard questions. What are the things that I actually buy into that I say yes to? I know for me, I, um, I'm big on comfort and being idle and doing nothing, and I take that in as that's something that you can actually idolise, is, is idolising idleness. But take that courage to actually go, okay, who am I in terms of what I'm believing and what I'm actually saying yes to? But there's also a really inverse on that. I encourage you to actually take the time to, to learn who you might not be. I really want to stress to not underestimate the power of knowing who you're not. Can anyone here run more than one kilometre? I'm gathering most hands should be up because I'm extremely unfit. I'm not you. What about, who likes going to musicals? It's a few hands. I'm not you either. I'll pray for you later. And all the, all the people who can run more than one, 10, 30 kilometers, I don't know if I can help you. <laughs> but when we do this, it actually leads to a greater humility to learn that are actually boundaries to who we are in a world that tells you to be anything, do anything, say yes to whatever you like. It's countercultural to say, no, that's actually, that's, that's not who I am. It gives Christ greater leverage inside you. Even though it looks like you're setting boundaries on your identity, but when you do that, you give Christ greater definition in your life, in your identity, in who you are. Jesus is able to greater reveal who he's calling you to be 
rather than just striving to do it in your own strength, in your own actions. It's kind of like this. When I was in school, primary school, a very long time ago, uh, there was a time that me and our friends, my friends, our friends, because I have a twin, so I'd say they're our friends, uh, we got this weird notion. There's a section of the school called, I don't know if any other school have this, and they use the word, the embankment. Did any other school have an embankment? Oh, yes, he knows. The embankment was that sharp slope that was kind of on the edge of the school where you could actually go there, but the teachers didn't really like you being there, but we were there anyway. And it was this, just this you know, dusty, dirty kind of slope, but it was quite soft. And this notion in our heads came that we could dig these intricate canals down this, because it's quite steep. So, you know, it's fun to put things down there, you know, marbles, water, your mate. <laughs> but we thought, oh, let's dig this intricate river system with bridges and moats, and then when it's done, we'll pour water in it and it'll be great. So it took recess after recess, lunchtime after lunchtime, digging, coordination, teamwork, there had to be a plan, you know, things we, oh, I want to try this. I'm like, oh, I don't think it's going to work. It was fun. It's a lot more fun than just pushing water down a hill and watching it flow down. Because when we got to do it, it was satisfying. It was amazing. It was fun. It was one of the highlights of my term. But when we do that, it's like, it's like in our own hearts. When we set those definitive boundaries of knowing, okay, this is me and this is not me. This is a no. This is a Yes. God's presence, God's spirit can greater flow through you with defined directions, defined paths, as opposed to maybe a vague puddle. There's definition, greater definition. So allow him to, to go deeper into you as you ask those questions. Then you become more reworked and recommissioned like him. We have a great example of this in Peter. Everyone's favorite disciple. And Peter learned this the hard way. Now, in the famous uh, telling, and one of the most important parts of the gospel is, is the arrest of Jesus. Um, there's a lot going on there. But one of the, one of the, more, um, one of the more boss action movie things is, is that when Jesus is actually apprehended, Peter decides to be the big man and draw his sword and starts waving it around. He lops someone's ear off. It's intense. Imagine being there. Imagine, imagine, I don't know, your mate is apprehended by the police and all of a sudden someone pulls out a sword and cuts one ear off. It's, um, it's pretty violent. It's very forceful. But then later we actually see him outside the temple denying Jesus because he's scared of what he's done, scared of his association which is not the same thing that Jesus was saying about him much earlier when he says, I, you are now the rock. You are Simon Peter the rock, which I will build my church on. That's who Jesus sees, and that's who Jesus confirms he is. But now Peter has to play by the rules of his own actions, defined by what he's accepted. He'd embraced the cultural milieu of his day that violence and strength was needed to advance his cause. The rock on which the church was to be built became a bludgeon tool. And we fast forward to beyond Jesus' death and resurrection. On the beach, one of the, one of the first times Peter comes face to face with Jesus. And 
I don't know about you, but that would be a very confronting conversation if I was Peter. He's asked three times by Jesus, do you love me? It must be heartbreaking for Peter after what he did to see Jesus asking that. And it says that, Lord, you know I do. And he's in tears. He's given a new chance, though, to take up the identity that Christ gave him. A new opportunity to say yes and a new opportunity to say no. And N.T. Wright puts it so eloquently. First, the authority Peter will gain through this recommissioning comes when he's fully aware of his weakness and failure. Much ordinary human power is sustained for the pretense of all-conquering strength. Peter's symbolising here the true power of those who bring the gospel to the world remains a gift from Jesus precisely to those who know that they are both unworthy and incapable, people who know their boundaries and limits. When we give up that fight of trying to be and do everything and make everything happen in our own strength and approach ourselves with honesty, that's when Jesus can get to work. And it's all well and good to say this, but saying no to yourself, to patterns in your life, to to cultural norms, to, to your flesh, it's a challenge. But again, Paul shows us in Philippians that it's worth it. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again and is a safeguard to you now. Watch out for those dogs. Oh, sorry. No, that's right. Sorry, I thought my notes were different to what was up there. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit and who boast in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regards to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. He's really got tickets on himself. But whatever gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Now, it's a, it was a bit wordy and lengthy, but I wanted to unpack that in that little, uh, little interlude of him talking about himself, he's actually saying that he can tick all those boxes. He's said yes to so much. He's got so much prestige in his life and in his culture. But he actually says no to it all. No, it's actually worthless to me. It's rubbish. It's an incredible thing to say um, to someone who, I guess in his time, probably would have had it all. He considers them rubbish for the sake of knowing Christ. He puts no confidence in the things we are told to take confidence in. It's more than just saying no. It's, just, it's a hard no. But this transition to get there to that, that heart posture doesn't happen overnight. It's like I said, I, it took recess after recess doing that embankment. And the struggle comes 
with resisting that temptation to put confidence in ourselves over Christ because there will be times where as we go through this process and we say no to this and we say no to that, the things that we've said no to start to demand our attention a little bit. Those myths, our own nature, they see the spotlight dim a little on themselves and they're seeing it brighten to Christ. And they're not that keen on sharing that spotlight. And as it pulls on us, we are encouraged. There's an amazing, amazing piece of scripture from John the Baptist, and I'm thankful for his example. And this is literally, he goes through this. He goes through this temptation of, of having the spotlight of who he is pulled away from him. And they came to him and said, this is when he's baptizing, and they're talking about Jesus baptizing as well. Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, Jesus, the one you testified about, look, he's baptizing and everyone's going to him. To this, John replied, a person can only receive what is given to them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but I'm sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him. And he is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine and is now complete. Here's the kicker. He must become greater. I must become less. Now, notice when he says, I am not the Messiah, but am sent ahead of him. This is clearly someone who knows who he is and who he isn't. There probably was pressure for him to say, are you the Messiah? Are you, what, who are you? What are you doing? He's not phased by the fact that something that he's known for, he's literally called John the Baptist, he's being out-baptized now by Jesus. He's not phased by it, but everyone else wants him to, mate, what's going on? He's taking your thunder. What are you going to do about it? This is great. This is what I want. And he said he's the friend of the bridegroom. He belongs to the bridegroom. We talk about the bride and the bridegroom, Jesus and his people, which is us. He is so stoked that the bridegroom's here. He has complete joy over something that might have made him doubt who he is, put him down. He's refused to listen to the outside voices and by his words, any potential ego bruising within, he said no to. He said no for a greater yes. As we saw in Philippians, we're saying no for a bigger yes. And that's a goal that we take into 2023, is I'm going to be considering John's words that he must become greater and I must become less. And that's what it looks like to deny ourselves so then we can actually pick up our cross and follow him. I'd love to, to pray for you all before we, we close up. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for the things that you've done, for the opportunities that you've given us to turn away from the things in our life that distract us, that pull us away from you, that give us less identity in you and more in ourselves. And Lord, our, our prayer for, for this year is that you become more and we become less. Jesus, we want more of you. 
more of your presence, more of your spirit. May it flow through us more and define us. May people see us for who you are and not we are. Give us the courage to say no to the things in our life that pull us away from you. And I pray that as we approach you more, we begin to say yes to you more and no to ourselves. Amen. Amen.